Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin to talk about Hearts latest results. We preview Motherwell on Saturday, chat a little bit about Stephen Gerrard's departure from Rangers and what that means to the Scottish game and we talk a little bit about Scotland qualifying for the playoffs for the World Cup in Qatar in 2022. Hello everybody, how, how are we all this week? Good, good, yeah, yeah, hope yourself. It, well, it's nice to be back, it's nice to be back talking about football. Well, yeah, it's nice of you to rejoin us. You know, not seen you, not seen you for two weeks. It's nice of us all to um, to join each other on this show as ever, Gordon. We're obviously going to talk, chat a wee bit about the um, the games against Dundee, St Johnston, Aberdeen, and Dundee United because we've not been back for a while, as you alluded to. A, a, a mixture of COVID and, and COP twenty six. Yes, yes, exactly. Obviously, we we drew with Dundee and St Johnston. Gordon, were they um, disappointing results? Do you think in the end? Yeah, I mean, D- Dundee in particular was disappointing. Uh, I had to watch that from my bed. Um, but uh, thankfully, I wasn't there to actually um, experience that because it was frustrating. But I had a feeling before the game that, that we weren't going to win it. Um, I'm just glad that, that it wasn't a defeat in the end. But I thought, you know, we created enough chances to put them away. I think if we had scored that second goal, we would have actually won that game. But the longer it stays 1-0, um, they, have, they have players that can score goals. And, you know... Uh, obviously Griffiths wasn't on the part towards the end of it but you know something like Cummins who just seems to pop up doesn't matter who he plays for he seems to pop up uh, with a goal against us and he always just felt that that, that goal was going to come and, and it was the way that, that we actually conceded the goal was the most disappointing thing for me if you can't deal with a throw-in coming in your, uh, in your penalty box then you know you've got huge problems unfortunately and it was almost a, a bit similar at St Johnston as well I thought the defending cost us it was a poor goal to concede that night and, and we actually could have conceded a few more as well um, but the the, the the biggest thing was that we created plenty of chances over both games but we just couldn't put the, the, the ball in the net and, and score even more and, and defensively we, we cost ourselves two goals so um, disappointing because you know you've, you've we've dropped a series of points there where I think had we, we won both those games we'd probably be maybe top I think or joint top the way the way the rest of the games have worked out so disappointing but I think we've just got to look forward now and um, put put them behind us but they, they, these these things happen in, in, in this division but it's certainly frustrating. Before we um, look forward we're obviously going to go back and speak a wee bit about Aberdeen as well Calvin you know 2-1 defeat frustrating I would probably say simply because we took the lead in the game you know, we looked okay in that first half, and the second half we seemed to capitulate. Yeah, I mean, we were never going to go the season unbeaten. You were always going to lose eventually. Pataudry, they they seem to hit form right at the, the worst possible time for us to play them. Like if we'd played them a week earlier, I think we maybe would have battered them. But we'd had a wee bit of a dip with the two draws. They were on a high after beating Hibs and getting a a draw. I brought it probably should have been a win. And then we went up there, and the thing you're saying we were comfortable in the first half, but that's because they didn't do anything. We were poor, like we were very poor in the first half. The penalty was what was the only thing that we'd done all game. Like we'd, we'd, I mean, it was a stonewall penalty, but it was the only semi decent bit of play that we had in the ninety minutes. Like even in the second half, we went two goals down. You saw, not two goals down, we went two one down. You sort of knew that we weren't coming back into it because we couldn't create anything. It was, let's say, we were always going to get beat at some point, but the manner of the, the defeat was really poor. To go to go up there and put a display like that was was pretty pretty shocking. Given the way we've played all season, I think we've we've set we've set standards this season that that just could imagine. 
in fairness though they, they responded well after it and came back with a 5-2 win the week after so that's that's what you quite like to see but overall Aberdeen they they deserved to win it there was, there was no getting away from it we couldn't cope they, they changed it at half time we, we couldn't cope I think we sort of semi ran out of ideas. We just changed the wingers, direct substitutions ran actually changing, um, changing anything. The the lack of a centre forward because Nandley, I've I've given him a benefit of the doubt a few times this season, and he I thought he put in a pretty decent performance in Perth, and then he followed up with that absolute horror show where he just was completely disinterested. The ball was going nowhere. It wasn't sticking with him. He wasn't creating anything. And we just we just couldn't deal with Aberdeen. I mean, they, we could have no complaints if they'd taken a few more offers. I think Gordon had an absolute fantastic save as per usual to stop it being even worse. Yeah, we got what we deserved. Um, it's just annoying because I, I thought we might finally get a win at Petardra after a while, given given both teams' respective starts to the season. It's it's just one of these things though that we never seem to win at Petardra, but at the same time. We didn't seem to have a plan B, did we? Robbie Nielsen was outthought in that game by Stephen Glass, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it was it was a while ago, so I'm trying to remember exactly what what they'd done, but they, they switched about in midfield, and we just we couldn't we couldn't cope with them at all. Um, actually, they didn't they didn't lay they didn't lay a glove us in the first half, and I kind of thought this is this might we've got lucky with the penalty here. This should hopefully just peter out to a one 0 but no, they changed at half time. As you say, we had no plan B, which is probably the most frustrating frustrating thing we could have changed it we could have brought Mac and F on we could have went a five in the middle um, we just changing the wingers directly when the, the, the lack of width wasn't the problem that that wasn't that wasn't what was was hurting us it was the lack of any sort of presence up front um, and to be fair Nielsen he did address it the following week um, but I, I mean I don't know how much Robbie can actually influence that being in the stand I don't know how. I, I genuinely don't know how much. Like, I don't know how much communication he can have with the team. I'm not sure what the rules are around that. But it's frustrating to think that he didn't. If he was able to address it, that he didn't. But I'd, but the thing is, we, we didn't have another option up front. Uh, that was that was the the key. There was, there was no other option to change at that point. So I don't really. I think lack of. It was an area that Gordon raised in the summer that we probably needed another centre forward in case something happened to Boyce and Boyce gets injured and we don't win in three games. It's it's pretty self-explanatory because the backup just isn't good enough does it make a difference Gordon having the manager in the stands compared to having the manager in the dugout no he, and, and the thing is he, he, he did have communication he they were his, his subs because you know he can radio down or he can phone down um, but you know if we can see it from the stand you're not trying to tell me that, that Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest can Stephen Naismith there from the dugout so you know I, I just think it's, it's simple you know the, the, the first five minutes of that second half they battered us because they had, they, they moved Scott Brown further up. They had the extra man in midfield and they took control. Uh, Beningame and Devlin couldn't get hold of the ball, and any time they did, there was no there was no out ball. You know, as you say, Nandley was ineffective in the position he was. Um, so clearly, he needed a change. And when I seen the the, the two the two players, uh, it was Mackay and uh, Woodburn on. I thought, well. It's not really the changes I would have made. I thought I probably would have just put Peter Hannon in there, to be honest with you. So you had an extra man in the middle of the park, maybe took Cochrane off um, and and sort of gave um, Devlin and and, um, and Beningame, you know, more support, uh, more of an opportunity to, to kind of have a go at Aberdeen's midfield because they were constantly just running through us. They were creating chances at will and we couldn't live with them. And, I mean, they've, they've seen how to, to counter hearts and at half-time and they've changed it and credit to them. Um, and I thought, you know, yeah, we've conceded the equaliser, it's 1-1 here, but make the change now 
and then get a grip of the game again. And the two substitutions were just ineffective because of the wrong changes. Didn't change the shape to to match up to Aberdeen, and and I think that is worrying. When listen, of course you're you're always going to have difficult days, uh, difficult games throughout the season. You know we're never going to go unbeaten. Um, it's just it's I think it's only ha- ever happened twice or something up in Scotland, and it's it's virtually unheard of, particularly a team outside the old firm. Um, so we're always going to have games where where we we don't perform to our max, but I think that that's why you have a manager, that's why you have a coaching team, that's why you have tactics, that's why you have plan A, B, and C if things don't go right. Um, and that that was something I always criticised Levine on. I never thought he had a plan B or a plan C, um, and I, and that that used to frustrate me because. You know, you can see things in the stand that maybe you don't necessarily see when you're in the dugout. But Nielsen's in the stand. He can see these things. And he just made two substitutions that I felt screamed of desperation of a bit football manager. And it just, it was the wrong changes because Aberdeen were dominating midfield and we couldn't get a, a grip. And we, you know, we didn't have a, a shot at goal, barely. Um, even when we were a 2-1 down, I just thought there was only going to be one team going to win the game. And disappointing because like you say we haven't won up there for a long long time and you know I thought when we went 1-0 up without playing particularly well we would actually go on and, and win the game by maybe even 2 or 3 I thought the game was there for Hearts but you know that's football you've 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 got to learn from your uh, your tough lessons We spoke at half time Gordon you, you sort of mentioned it would say a lot about Hearts' character if they can hold out this game or go and get 2 or 3 more because Aberdeen didn't look a team with a lot of confidence that first half is is there an issue possibly with character? If Hearts hadn't bounced back in one five two, I would certainly be raising that point. Um, I think for that particular day, yeah, you could argue that. But we'll we'll see how Hearts doing in the next few weeks. I think they'll give us a clear indication of where where we're actually going. Um, you know, I think we've got three winnable games, tough games, but certainly winnable games um, coming up. So for for me, I think I'd like to put it just as a blip. But you know, a lot's been made about our away form and it isn't great. But that's now a couple of games we've not won away from home in. You know, our next game is away from home at Motherwell. For me, we need to go and win that game um, to prove that our away record... Because we can't just be a home team again, you know. It's never... It's it's just not going to work. Um, it's not You're not going to achieve anything if you can't go away from home and, and win games. And Pitology's a tough place to go. Hibs lost there the week before. Um, you know, we've seen plenty of teams dropping points. And Aberdeen, in fairness to them, they went to Ibrox and... And really should have won the game, um, but but got a point in the end, and they were always going to be in a high. But I thought the way that first half had went, they hadn't played particularly well because I thought if anything they would come out, the they would start the game like the way they did to start the second half. That's how I thought Aberdeen would play, but they didn't. And I thought Hearts were very comfortable without playing particularly well. And I thought you know if we up our levels here, we can actually go on and and score quite a few goals here, maybe even win three 0 being emphatic away. And what what a statement it would be because it would have actually put us top of the league that day. Um, so very disappointing to, to throw that game away um, I think we just shot ourselves in the foot and in the end we just looked like we didn't have any ideas how to combat uh, combat Aberdeen that, that's that's disappointing for me because I think we've got better players than them Obviously we then beat Dungeon United 5-2 a big game considering where Dungeon United are on the table and position they've been they've had a good start to the season uh, were you quite impressed with Hearts I mean we started with Ben Woodburn up front instead of Andaly I mean there was changes made there wasn't there yeah I was very impressed with the performance um, I thought Hearts um, yeah I always thought you'd make changes I, I was quite surprised um, well actually I wasn't really that surprised I, mean, I, I did think that, that Woodburn was the obvious choice to start through the middle um, but I also thought Boyce might have been back 
just because he had been training again, I thought you know they they, they might throw him in. But um, but you know every every week I'd actually been putting money on Woodburn to score because I just thought his goal was eventually coming. Um, no, I, I did. I have. I, I tell you, I did have it on, but I had it as part of a bet builder, and I think the Manchester derby let that down. So, in the end, it was it was void. So, <laughs> rather typically, but yeah, I did. I, I fancied him to score. Uh, he gets a bit lucky with the first goal, but you seen what that done to his confidence. I thought it's the best because I was criticising before that. I thought when he came on at St Johnston, he was poor. When he came on at Aberdeen, I thought he was poor, and it looked like his standard was slipping and almost like the hype when we brought him in, it's kind of faded a little bit. But I think he's clearly got the, whether it's the confidence boost he needed, whether that's actually the best position to play him in, or he just needed the boot up the arse. But what, whatever it is, you've seen, you've seen the, the difference in him and he scored a very uh, very good first goal. And then I thought his performance was brilliant. I thought he was excellent. He was energetic and he was the sort of the sort of performance that you want to see from a player of that calibre. You know, he is still an international footballer. Yeah, he's still a young man, but you still expect a level and I don't think he, for a while he had been reaching that level. So it was good to see. I thought the front three in general were brilliant. I really did. You know, Mackay was back to his best, I thought. Um, he had maybe tailed off the last few weeks. Ginelli as well has uh, came back into the team, and I think he's looked really good as well. So, you know, Dundee Knight couldn't live with that front three, and, and that's what I want to see. You know, I want to see that high press. I want to see them having a right go. And um, and I thought, although they conceded two goals, I thought defensively we looked reasonably solid. Um, I think Moore being in there, someone that I'd been crying to, to get a start for a while. I was surprised it was at right wing back, to be honest with you, but it just shows you what a really good player he is, that he could actually go into that position and still look comfortable. So I think he's someone that needs to be in the team constantly, um, whether it's for Halkett or Smith, I think both of them should probably be dropped anyway. Um, I don't think they, they're, they're two players that have a future at hearts. In my opinion, I know many will disagree and that's fair enough, but I just think, you know, defensively is still our probably weak weakness. And if it wasn't for a world-class goalkeeper, we'd probably concede a lot more goals. I made a tweet after the St Johnston game that unless we heavily invest in our defence, we'll, we'll continue to fail to win games. And a lot of people said, well, actually, no, it's the, attacking, the, the attacker's fault um, because they weren't scoring goals. And that's a valid point. But at the same time, had we not conceded the goals like we did at Aberdeen, like we did against St Johnston, like we did against Dundee, we were in all those games. You know, you can't always rely on scoring five, six goals all the time. We were absolutely clinical on Saturday, score five goals, but we still conceded two. First one, fair enough, is a deflected uh, a deflection, um, but the the second one for me is a, a very avoidable goal, and we get done on the 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 counter. And I still think, you know, when you've got three centre halves, one of them's got to deal with it. Um, but listen, it is what it is. I think we will eventually de- uh, invest in our defence. But I think at the moment it's probably probably going to cost us. It, it did make for a, a sort of nervy but entertaining game, Calvin, didn't it? The, the goals that Hearts conceded, as Gordon said. Overall, it was a very assured performance, I think. I thought McInef came on and, and done quite well. Obviously scored his goal as well. He's taken a claim possibly to come back in the team as well. I mean, he's played about twenty minutes of football and scored two goals this season. Like he's 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 a player that's impressed me when he's played. I think the system we play currently doesn't suit him, and it's it's unfortunate because I don't think he's actually done anything to merit being out of the team as long as he has. He's somebody I'd like to see get a bit more game time. Say every time he's came on this season, he scored. So uh, there's something there, and he's a decent player. We paid a bit of money by our standards for him. There's a bit of an outlay paid out for him. 
I think he needs to start getting more game time. But if we're playing two in the middle of the park, he's not going to get in over Devlin and Benny because they're better than him from what I've seen. And the position they play, he doesn't play as deep as they do. Um, overall, with the performance, so I thought it was it's a bit early to say, but you could say season almost like a season defining one because we've finally we we got beat. We were on a bit of a poor run, really, when you think about it. We went from unbeaten in eleven to no wins in four. Like that, it can change really quick to to that. Yes, we're still unbeaten, but no wins in four. Then it would have been no wins in five. All of a sudden, you're on a bit of a poor run of form. But to break that with a what was it in the end a hammering of probably one of the best teams in the league is is pretty is, is a pretty big statement to make after finally losing a game. Um, United are good. You seen they went down Easter Road a couple of weeks ago and absolutely ripped us apart. Um, they went to Parkhead and got a draw. They uh, they were good against us up at Tannadice as well. They've got some good players. They were level on points. So I was going into that game. They'll be they will probably be there or thereabouts. It's not like it's uh, St Mirren or or one of the teams near the bottom that we've ripped apart. It was it was a good side. Who to be fair to them played well themselves. We were just be- we were just far better than them. And that is they need to take a lot of confidence from that. We need to go into Motherwell on Saturday off the back of that and go right well we can beat the better teams in this league like we can because we went to one at Tannadice I didn't think Dun- I didn't realise that Dundee United didn't know if Dundee United were going to be any good or not now you know they're a good side um, and they were on a really good run of form coming to Tynecastle let's say they came to Capital two weeks of, two weeks previous and tore Hibs to shreds like they absolutely annihilated them and then with this game on Saturday I was I was quite worried before it because like, if we drop points here all of a sudden the season has taken a bit of a turn Motherwell away after that as well. You know, there's no guarantees there. Um, could have could have went six games, five or six games with a win. So no, I think it was excellent. It showed a lot of character. I think it was. I, mean, I think Nielsen he had to drop Nando away after that performance at Petodre. I don't think he could have started them. Um, but I still think it takes a bit of balls to to sort of mix it up like he did. And we went and put probably the performance of the season so far from us out there. The thing Gordonson about defence is still relevant. I've been saying it since the start of the season. Like I don't, I'm not convinced that our defence is good enough. Um, left the left side of the defence is fine I would leave that as as I think Cochran's a, a really good player I think Kingsley's been phenomenal at left centre half Halkett for me is just not equipped at this level I know there's been a lot of people praising him this season because he's improved I'm not convinced he has improved I think we just have a world class goalkeeper like Ibrox he scored the equaliser but he could have cost us two or three goals there St Johnston he seemed to be on a one man mission to lose us the game Um and Moore came in for two games, we get two clean sheets, we've not kept a clean sheet since he was out of the team. Yeah. You kind of go, like, well, if you're Taylor Moore, you're probably sitting there going, what, what do I have to do here to get in the team? Uh, he's he's looked assured when he's played. He, by all accounts, slotted in at right wing back on Saturday and was, was outstanding. So I think we need to be seeing more of him going forward as well as McInef. In January, do we need to bring one more in or do we just play Moore more? As a team, we're not far away from being a good side. I still think that the major issue is central defence. We should be looking at top four this season from the start of the season, oh, the way our teams I would be incredibly disappointed if we didn't, I would be quite disappointed if we didn't get top three. Yeah. But that kick on, we've got the striker, we've got the midfield, we've got the goalkeeper, hopefully for another couple of years. Yeah. Who knows? He just seems to be getting better every week. Oh, um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I, but the defence, I think, I mean, I said it in the summer, I wanted two new centre-halves. Um, we've got one in Moore. I think if we're able to I don't know what the financial situation is like. I would try and invest heavily in a centre half, like a, a proven centre half. Um, it's, I just, I, I was really excited when we signed Halkett. I'm going to admit, I, I was really excited, but he's just, he's never improved. And 
for all he contributes with goals from corners up front, that's not what he's there to do. He's there to keep it out the other end. And every week, it's there's something. I know I'm probably going to get pelters. Like I know a lot of people seem to think he has improved massively, but I'm just not seeing it. Like I don't know. I mean, Smith. I don't. I, I don't mind Smith. I think Smith does a job. I think he's solid enough. But again, he's getting on. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced that he's going to be that he's going to go anywhere this season. I, I think there's there's bigger areas to address. I think like I've seen centre half definitely. We definitely done our centre forward as well as backup. But or could you play Smith at centre half? You could. I mean, he's always it's filled in. That he's always filled down. in quite well. That, I think that's a large part of the problem. Michael Smith is he's a fullback. He's not a wing back. Yeah. And we're asking him to play in a system that maybe doesn't suit. Because because at Ibrox he was he was running up and down, but he was clearly knackered. Yeah, you could tell like. Would he not be better suited possibly playing at centre half instead of having a guy like Halkett there making a mistake? You know that Smith's not going to make a mistake in that position, surely. Yeah, I mean you could you could do that. I mean you could go and invest heavily in a, a right wing back, and that would because when we signed Cochrane with that intention of playing him, and Cochrane's been phenomenal. He's been one of the probably one of the standouts this season, and there's been quite a lot of them. Um, so if we're going to play this, I mean, this is obviously the system Robbie favours. It's working for us then that's one of the areas where we maybe do need to look at. But for me, I still think centre-half. And I, if there's... I mean, I don't know who. I'm not a scout. I, I, but um, but we, we've done quite well on the recruitment so far under Savage. So I'm, I'm hoping he's got he's got his eye out for a centre-half somewhere. Looking ahead to, to Motherwell, then another big game away from home. It's a game that we should be winning, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. These, these are like, like, we all know our away form. We've been over it a million times. But you need to go places like this and win. Like it's, it's not good enough just going. Oh, we're just we're terrible away from home. Let's just accept another two 0 defeat at Far Park because we're we're a better team. We're we are a better team than Motherwell. We showed that ten castle the week that we beat them two 0 but it could have been a lot worse. Like we could have sort of a lot better from us. Like we, we absolutely battered them. I, we need yeah we need to start going and picking up points away from home because to be honest, winning your home games, drawing your away games is probably enough to get a European spot in the SPL as long as you win all your home games yep. or, or as good as all your home games but if we ever want to kick on to that level we need to get in the habit it's not just winning the odd game away from home we need to get in the habit of expecting to win away from home and we've not we've not done that for 10 years outside championship seasons where we expect to win like you, you, but this season we have won a number of away games we went to Ibrox took a point went up to Tannadice won went to St Mirren won um, St Johnston, it's, it's just St Johnston, isn't it? Like we sh- we should have won there, but I'm I'm beginning to come convinced we'll never see it again. I just I just want them to get relegated so we don't have to deal with it. Um, but yeah, we need to go with Far Park and win. I think it, I think that would be another statement if we can go to a ground we traditionally do very very poorly. Well, Nielsen has quite a good record there. He does. Arch manager. He does. Um, they're not great. They're not a great side by any stretch. They're, they're all right. They're not they're not terrible. They're not they're not going to be anywhere near relegation, but they're on the flip side, they're unlikely to probably push for Europe either. So they'll be the sort of team that gets to the Scottish Cup final this year. Aye, they will, and then they'll not put up a fight in the Scottish Cup final. Like any time, never get there. So I, yeah, I, I think we do. We need to go and we need to go and win, or at least try to win, rather than just accepting the usual defeat there. And the, the team obviously should be trying to win, Gordon, simply because look, there's two, there's more than two and a half thousand Hearts yeah. fans going to be there as well. The, the team has been backed by the fans away from home yeah and, and they, they they have been all season and I think when you are taking that number of supporters away from home you should you should be expecting a return for your money and um, 
listen, no one's delusional enough to think that Hearts are going to go and win every single game away from home 3-0. But they should be turning up and winning these games. They should be beating Motherwells. They should be beating Aberdeens and Dundee Uniteds because we're bigger clubs than they are. Um, you know, this this complete myth that see, like I I've seen quite a few Aberdeen fans talking about Nielsen's comment that we would take four or five thousand away from home to Pataudry. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't think we would have done because we've never done it before. But we're capable of doing it. They talk about how they brought seven thousand down to Murrayfield once. Well, great, it's a big day out. So what? You can barely get ten thousand for a home game. So let's just settle down. There was eighteen. There was eighteen and what was it? Eighteen thousand two hundred or something at Tynecastle. On Saturday against Dundee United, brilliant backing. I thought the atmosphere was excellent. And if Hearts keep producing performances like that, the fans will continue to come. I think we've got more season ticket holders than Aberdeen do for a regular gate. Um, so they're nowhere near the size of club that Hearts are. Had a brief spell in the 80s where they think you know that somehow that made them as a football club. Great, well done. But in terms of an actual football club, they're not as big as what Hearts are. Um, and Hearts, for me, I think we should be looking up. I think we should be looking to try and challenge for the old firm I think I think Hearts for me I know what Calvin's saying that that we we need to invest in defensively become a, a, a really good side but I think we, we're a good side at the moment and I think if we got the defence right I think we would then cement because I think we're the third best team in the league and I said Hearts could, could finish there this season even before we had we had started making our signings um, but, but the signings here Devlin's and Beningamies they've just took Hearts to a, a different level above Hibs and Aberdeen, in my opinion. Um, now, granted, we've not beat any of them yet, but I think on our day, we're a better side, we're a more consistent side. Um, I've only played Hibs once, so um, I'd, I'd fancy hers to beat them, but I think the Aberdeen one, away from home, was a bit of a fluke. Should have been them at Tynecastle, but we hadn't really got a ru- in our run yet. Is it, though, a concern we've not won these? No, it's t- early days yet, early days yet. I think if we went through the entire season and didn't beat them, then absolutely I'd be concerned. Well, but it does happen. Well, I don't think it will. I think Hearts will beat both uh, Hibs and, and Aberdeen next time we play them at home. I think um, Easter Roads have a good record down there, but Nielsen doesn't, so I'm never as convinced now under him, but who knows? Hopefully that will that will change. Um, we're not we're not going. I'm I'm not reopening these wounds, Ross. Uh, I know you're trying to bait me in it, but it's not happening. <laughs> I might be baiting myself, but you're the one that started. Yeah, about it. Well, I can't help it. But um, no, I think I think going to Motherwell, you know, we need we need to actually win that game. For me, huge back in three o'clock on a Saturday opportunity. Celtic and Rangers are not playing. Hibs aren't playing. To to make sure that we have a bigger gap on them but also look look to the teams above. I think we'll go above Celtic and we'll uh we'll go within a point of Rangers, am I right in saying? Something like that, yeah. So to to be sitting in that position is good. It puts all the pressure on them. And the fact that if we can go and beat Motherwell, then we've got St Mirren at home, you beat them again, it sets you up for a tasty game, I think is it Celtic Park after that, then then Livingston and then Rangers. They're they're in our three tough games. But if you get yourself on a run right at this stage of the season and you can take points off the old firm coming up, puts you right in the mix. So we'll see what happens. But I think Hearts should be looking up rather than down um, this season. I think we've got the players to do so. Obviously, we've talked about defence. And I don't want to talk about this too much because we've got another few things to talk about in the show. But there's been a lot of talk this week amongst the group chats about John Souter. Do you think John Souter will stay? I think he should sign a new deal. Uh, I think he owes that to the football club because I think that the football club's been very good by John's uh, John Sewer. 
Um, I think he's done all right. I don't think he's as good as people make out him to be. I think he's a really good footballer, but defensively he could still improve. And again, I posted a, a photo of Kingsley and Moore um, on on Twitter the other week. They're saying our two best defenders, and people were saying, "Oh, John Suter says hi." I, I'm sorry, but I think I think both of them are better defenders than, than John Suter. You, you talk about me baiting you. You bait the Hearts fans on the Hearts review account. Most people liked it. There was more likes than than comments. So, um, <laughs> two likes, no, one comment. No, no, no. Well, well over hundred likes. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously though, I think I think John Suter. Yeah, he's a really good player. But I think defensively he can still improve, and I think until he does that, he'll get his big money move. He needs to be, for me, getting himself back into the Scotland team. You've seen players who do well at this level go down south and sign for you know your Wiggins or Prestons or whatever you know, because realistically that's probably where he'll go. Uh, he might go to a Stoke or something. He won't be going to the Premier League, but you know to go into the English Championship as a centre half, and it, it happened to Walker as well when he was playing really well. Went down to Wigan. You know they 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 don't necessarily get their game time right away and they struggle, um and you never see them again or or they end up back up the road and you know I wouldn't want to see that happen to John Suter I think for me he's got to establish himself as an international I think the way he does that is by playing regularly for Hearts and he could easily get himself into the Scotland team and then once you know he's he's established his 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 position in the international team then he can look at it going and I think you'll probably he should play. If he if he finishes this entire season well with Hearts, does really well, um, signs a new contract, Hearts get to Europe, Hearts do well in Europe, he plays well in Europe, he gets into the Scotland team, then by all means he can go um, for for a decent fee and then at least he'll be walking into a team that's that he's going to play regularly. I still think there's some doubt about him at the moment. so But he, he might be thinking that when's my next big injury going to come along? So I, I might not get a chance to get get a move and, and get big money. And I can understand that from, from his point of view. Um, but from a football club, from our point of view, I think he should he should stick around for, at the very least, another year, um, finish this season and, and then stay with us, even if it's for the first six months of next season, and see how he gets on playing and try and get, get into the group stages with Hearts um, in one of the European competitions and see how he does then. Because I think Hearts will only go strength to strength. Um, I'd like to see him and Moore as the, the two centre-half pairings uh, well the three with obviously Kingsley and then I'd like to see us sign a, a right wing back a proper right wing back um, I think that would put us in a really good position um, but I think he should, he should definitely stick around Calvin do you, do you think if he doesn't want to stick around should Hearts cash in and is it a frustration that we never seem to actually get fees for players if this does transpire how I personally think it will transpire. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think it will transpire how that. I, I he's not. I don't think he's going to sign a new deal. I think it's that's obvious. I think he would have signed by now. If it was, if I was Hearts, I would be trying to cash in on him in January to get some some form of fee for him. I think we'll get a decent amount of money for him. I think what Gordon said is right about him being a really good footballer, but not exactly the greatest defender. Um, I, I like John Sutter. Like I, I like I like him in the Heart squad. I would rather have him than not. But he's not irreplaceable as a defender. I get why he is looking to move because he's one injury away from never getting that move, right? I fully he's he's still young, but the amount of bad injuries he's had. If he gets another one, no English club will touch him, right? I'm not convinced Hart should extend his contract again if he got another serious injury because he's on a lot of money to not play a lot of games, and he'd probably end up at a Kilmarnock or Motherwell on less money than he's on at Hart. So I fully, fully understand why a guy in his position 
if he's got offers on the table is seriously weighing them up because he's been so I feel for him because I, I genuinely thought he he was going to go on to be Scotland centre half for several years and I think he was on the cusp of it two years ago when he got his last bad injury um, it's just it is what it is it's football um, I, I do I, I get the club's frustration I get fans frustration the amount like obviously Hearts have stuck by him they've, they've paid him they've, they've given he, like they've paid for his recovery etc paid him for a year and a half when he wasn't playing but I, f- I fully understand why the guy wants to move. Like I think, if I was in that situation, I would I would be in the same boat. And that's as a Hearts fan. He's not a Hearts fan. He's from Dundee. Um, I'd also get what Gordon's saying about him going down south. It needs to be the right move if he's going to go. Like I'd, I'm not convinced that Stoke or whoever it is that in from is a great move for him. Um, I think you just fade in obscurity at Stoke. Um, I'm not convinced they would play every week either. I think what you're saying about him being a really good footballer and not a good, def- not the greatest defender. I don't think that's what Championship football clubs need. I, th- I don't think they need ball playing centre half in the English Championship. They just need big guys like Scott McKenna, for example, who are just big huddies that can win the ball in the air. And he's not that sort of player. Um, so I'm not convinced it's a great move for him to the English Championship. There's maybe some teams in the Championship that would be good for him. Stoke are not one of them. Um, so yeah, it's. Is what is it's not irreplaceable. I would, I think, I think if there's if there's offers on the table in January, I would be I would be looking at, as long as it's not stupidly low. Like say somebody offers us fifty grand or hundred grand, and I'll just keep them at the end of the season. Cash in, cash yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, but if if it's decent, like three hundred k or something over that, that would probably be looking to cash in on that. But is it is it not a frustration though? I mean, the fact he is you know a ball playing centre half, there is interest in him. Is it not frustrating that English Championship clubs can just cherry pick players from Scotland because we've not got our house in order really, we've not been signing these players on decent enough long contracts. Understandably, Suter is a player that it has been injured, so the risk is for Hearts to take on that. But it's happened throughout the last five seasons. Yeah, I mean that's a club issue as a whole. We've been over that a lot. Like our, our retaining of young players is terrible. Like we've not made a fee. I mean, hickey aside. But he's a once in a he's a once in a decade sort of player. Like yeah. he's, he's he's gonna go on to be a top top class footballer. Um but hickey aside, we've not made any money on players. Patterson we got a development fee for Patterson should have been a million pound player for Hearts. Easily. Outstanding player. We got to be fair, I think we did get a decent development fee. We got half a million for him in the end. We did, yeah. yeah. But that wasn't that was through a, a court decision. That wasn't through or was a set fee. I'm I think sure. if I'm right in saying actually Patterson asked for Cardiff to pay yeah, money. Yeah, it's like you Warnock, like signed, signed, Neil, signed yeah. on fee or something. Yeah. He, he and Neil gave, Warnock agreed to it. So yeah. yeah. Um but, but that's not that's not up to Pat that's not should be up to Patterson to do. It's, it's good of him to do it, it's good of him to appreciate where he came from, but that's not up to him to do. It's a club. The club should never let a player like that get down to six months. Yeah. Shouldn't have let John Suter get down to six months, although I do understand that with his injury. Um Jamie Walker was another one when he went it, let his contract run down to such a Yeah, it was only three hundred thousand he sold him for. Yeah. Another one like Walker pre then was a was a really good prospect and Sam Nicholson's arm went for nothing could have got like, he looked like he'd been worth a few quid as well and we've done that repeatedly Cochran Tony Anthony McDonald these sort of players they've all I mean, Cochran never quite made it but they, they've moved they moved for nothing and that but that's the club as a whole like it's I'm hoping now with a proper football department in place and a proper director of football that this will no longer be an issue but the previous regime were very very poor at player retention 
as we've seen with the fact we've seen 96 players over what, like four seasons. Going to move on and talking about Tynecastle departures, Gordon, do you think uh, Robbie Nielsen will be tempted by the job at Ibrox? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> what do you make of Gerard leaving Rangers? Um, I'm not totally surprised. I mean, I think when Brendan Rodgers went to Leicester, I think that set the president, didn't it, really, that these guys... Listen, Celtic and Rangers fans are are a unique breed because they they only see the world through green and blue tainted glasses. Now, you could argue that we only see the world through maroon tainted glasses. I think we have a realistic kind of... Like, you know, if if an English club was to come in for Robbie Nielsen, you would expect him to go. Um, maybe not MK Dons, but you know, but you know what I mean. But uh, to be fair, fans wanted him out then anyway. Um, <laughs> probably the same now. Um, but I think... Stephen Gerrard going to Villa. I think everyone just assumed he would he would he'd be going to um to Liverpool. Like Klopp's not leaving anytime soon, and he's doing a good job as well, unfortunately. So the 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 thing is with Villa, it's a big club. Villa is a massive club. Let's let's not pretend otherwise here. Um, it's got a, you know a massive fan base. They've got a, a lot of resources. They actually have a pretty good team. I think they're in a false position of where they are at the moment. So Gerrard will look at that and go, well, you know, there's there's a good side there. I've got opportunity to build on that. I fancy myself to go down there and do a pretty good job. And I think he will do a pretty good job down there. Um, I think he's probably taken Rangers as far as he can. I mean, you could argue that he should stay, maybe win the title again and get into the Champions League and then test himself at that level. But I think when when a, a project as tasty as Aston Villa comes along, you know, you, you can't necessarily, um, you know, uh, pass that up. Because I think if, if, for example, he didn't win the league, Celtic won the league, would, and he didn't win a, a domestic trophy, which he hasn't done his entire time there, Rangers could sack him in the summer. And he gets sacked by Rangers and you think, right, well, where are you going from there? So he's probably looked at it that way and thought, yeah, I'll take this opportunity on, I'll get back down England, back in the best league in the world, um, back closer at home for him. Um, because it took a lot of guts for a young guy to, to come up to and manage one of the biggest clubs in the world, in my opinion. I think Celtic and Rangers are. I don't think we should we should discount that. But they're 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 two big giants playing in a small pond. And in terms of the revenue that that they both generate in comparison to an Aston Villa, you know, second to none, isn't it really? So um, I think I think yeah, I think it's a good move for Gerard actually. I think it's a better move that like I don't think he would go to to anywhere else if it was like a Norwich or a smaller club like that. But I think Villa he's looked at that and thought, yeah, that's, that's a pretty tasty one. Um, and I think it's probably a club that suits him. Like, I don't think he would have went to Newcastle because I think Newcastle, you know, there's a lot of patchwork to do there. Where I think Villa are probably in a similar position to what maybe Rangers were when he walked in. They were the second, obviously, when he when he came to Rangers, yeah, they hadn't won anything for a long time. They were chasing a very good Celtic side, but they were still the second best team in the league. So, you know, if you brought in a bit of quality into that team, it wouldn't take you too long to, to try and close the gap. And that's what he done over the, the first couple of years. And then obviously Celtic um eventually capitulated and, and then he done he done what he was brought in to do and that was to to, to win the league. So no credit to him, I think, you know, and I think I think realistically, he's he's walked out before he had to come to Tynecastle because we all know that was his uh, his Achilles his Achilles heel. He, st- he still has nightmares about Tynecastle. I think he does absolutely. You know those those two back to back defeats towards. Uh, Given how terrible we've been in the the period that Gerard was in charge of Rangers, that's a pretty terrible record. Because even the season we got relegated, we took four points at Tynecastle off them. Yeah, I think that's what's happened. Tynecastle in three weeks' time. It's like nah, no for me, <laughs> no for me, lads. I'm out. 
Can't have them winning the league. Nah. Nah, I'm out. Another Robbie Nielsen masterclass after what they done at Ibrox to him a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> what, what did you make of the the um, the social media reaction from the Rangers fans? You know, chucking out, chucking out the, <laughs> the boards of Gerrard. I just, I just want to know why so many Rangers fans have cardboard cutouts of Steven Gerrard. Like, where did they buy them from? Like one guy maybe, but there's like hundreds of them. I've seen hundreds of videos. Like, how many, how many grown men have a cardboard cutout of Steven Gerrard in their bedroom? Like, what do their wives say about that? Like. Like, well, like, I mean, the social media reaction has been hilarious, but it's like Gordon said, Rangers and Celtic fans are a different breed. Like, they, they like, they are huge football clubs, and I think for for them, the frustration is like there was a time in the, the early nineties where Rangers could attract. They, they were stealing players from Premier League clubs, not the other way about. They they were taking managers from down south. They were like, they were one of the biggest teams in Europe at that point. They like, got Champions League semi finals for Christ's sake. And I think for a lot of them, they're still stuck in that mindset that they're the biggest clubs in the UK. Mm. Aside from maybe, I think, because in there, and I, I think off the part, aside from Man United and Liverpool, potentially Arsenal, they are probably the biggest clubs in the UK, but on the part, they're not anymore. And financially, they're definitely not. And I think for them, they genuinely didn't, even it was the same Celtic when Rodgers went to Leicester, I don't think they'll accept managers leaving their club unless they're moving to Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea even. Um, but Aston Villa are huge. There's there's a club there that you could get back into Europe. They're, they're from a massive city, they've got huge resources. They're one of the biggest clubs in England. So I get why he's done it, and I, I do see why they've they've had a meltdown about it as well. Because in their opinion, there's a, I mean, in their opinion, there's no bigger club in the world than Rangers. Like that's the way they see it, the way they've always seen it. Um, and I think off the park, they're maybe not far away from it. But in the real world, Glasgow Rangers cannot compete with Aston Villa. For on, on any on any metric, the money, the players they can attract, um, potential, what Gerard can do at Villa. I mean, Rangers the the best. I think Gordon's right. He's taking them as far as he can. They might get in the Champions League group stages and get horse six 0 every week. That's that's the that's the crux of where Rangers and Scottish football as a whole are at. So, no, but seeing grown men chuck cardboard cuts to Stephen Gerrard in the bin has been fucking outstanding. We'll take it back to Hearts and. Is this a, an, an opportunity for Hearts? Considering Celtic have had such a poor start, Rangers without a manager, they need to get this appointment right, Rangers, don't they? Yeah, Rangers really do. Um, I'd, I'd, I'm not sure who they've actually been linked with. I mean, Van Bronckhorst seems the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, but no, there is a massive opportunity there for Hearts. I think Celtic seem to have clicked, though, in recent weeks. They, they seem to have... They're, they're defensively frail. I think Parkhead in a two weeks' time is going to be quite interesting because will probably be the biggest test they've had since the old fam game because yep. outside of Europe obviously excluding Bayer Leverkusen or whatever um, but they, they seem to have clicked that they're blowing teams away again um, they're, they're winning at Parkhead 4-5-0 or five nil constantly um, which is why I think Dundee United getting a draw the other week there was really quite an impressive result um, Rangers haven't looked great this season but then they went hammered Motherwell 6-0 last week so I mean, they're, they're better, they are better teams than us. Like, there's no, there's absolutely no delusion there. They're better teams than us. Um, but Celtic, they're both in, they're both in a rebuilding. I don't think I've ever had a point. I, I can't remember. I don't know if you can. A point where both old firm teams have been in a transition period at the same time. There's always been one that's been dominating at a point in time, and then they've went through a transition. The other ones came and dominated. I can't remember a time where both of them have been so frail. I mean, Rangers in the week's time, and the I mean, the League Cup semis could be quite interesting. I'm not. I don't think the the foregone conclusions normally would be. If they're playing anyone but Hibs, I'd be I'd be quite intrigued. But we all know Jack Ross's record at Hamden is uh, well 
speaks for itself. The only manager to lose three times at Hamden in one season. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I think there is an opportunity for Hearts there. I, I think at the start of the season we've seen that. Like Celtic started so poorly. Rangers didn't start great either. They were they were top of the league by virtue of Celtic starting poorly. The Rangers won top of the league. Like the, last season they won the league at an absolute canter. I think went unbeaten. They lost. They dropped. I think they drew four games all season. But this season they did. They hadn't started well. They weren't clicking. We played them Ibrox and they they weren't great. No. And that was apparently the best they'd played all season. According to their fans at that point, and I was sitting there thinking, well, if that's the best you played all season, then. Maybe we do actually have a shot at this year, but no, I, I, um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I think it's it's a really good opportunity. I just hope we can actually seize on it. I think it kind of reminds me a wee bit of oh five oh six, not in the not in how good Hearts are. We're nowhere near as good as we were then. But Rangers, uh, the, the Alex McQueen era was coming to an end. Um, they were pretty poor. Celtic had just brought in Strachan. They had a very ropey start under Strachan, um, and Hearts did take advantage of that. Um, I'm just hoping we can do something somewhere this year. Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. Uh, I think that the the issue for me is I just don't think Hearts are at their peak yet. I think well, we talk about oh five oh six, and I think Hearts shot themselves in the foot really because you know I think if they had continued with the team that started the season, they probably would have won the league. Um, but Celtic were a were a really good side. I think this season Celtic for me they are frail, particularly uh, at the back. I think going forward they're they're a really good side, absolutely. But the the attackers are prone to injuries. I think you know you've seen how much they struggled when Kyogo was out of the team. I think he gets an injury, um, Jota gets an injury, then suddenly where where are the goals coming from? Because um, yeah, the, these two teams are blown away. But when they don't click, I mean you see they drew nil nil with Livingston the other week there. Um, when Hearts could have went top, you know, with a win against Aberdeen, I think that's the most disappointing thing for me is we aren't taking advantage of their slip ups early on. I think if we had maybe, if we were maybe like you know seven or eight points clear, then perhaps you would it would be more believable that Hearts could sustain that. But I just think we've also not clicked yet. But we can get better ourselves. But I think Celtic and Rangers, I think, have the the ability to to go further up a level but it'll be interesting to see how we do I mean we've played Rangers and drew with them we've beat Celtic already in the league can we go to Parkhead and get a result I don't see any reason why not can we beat Rangers at Tynecastle? why not and then suddenly that brings you right into the mix and then you know you, you, you try and grab a bit of momentum to January and then maybe sign a few more players um, and then who knows where it takes you you know what I mean because I think if you look at Hearts' second half fixtures it's actually quite favourable um, because you've got um, you've got Celtic at home again. It's a midweek in January, right after the sp- uh, the the winter break, effectively. And if Hearts were to to take three points that night, um, after you know, uh, it could 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 put Hearts in a really good uh, vein towards the end of the season. So who knows? I think that there is an opportunity there for Hearts, but I think we've slipped up too many times already, uh, which is probably the most disappointing thing for me. But still a long season. I think I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily. I still don't see Celtic winning the league. I still don't think they'll they'll win the league. Although they are playing some good stuff, I think they are still a frail side. And I think Rangers, who knows what's going to happen with them? You know, if they get their managerial appointment wrong, then who knows? So we should all take a week off in May. Uh, listen, Ross, it would be a lot longer than a week. I probably wouldn't be back to work for a good year. Um, I'd probably need a liver transplant. Um, but then again, I would have the Champions League trips. 
um, before that, before I got my transplant, I'd be yellow going into it. But you know, it's what it is. Spencer would be like a, a modern day Homer Simpson. He he would be yeah absolutely. Uh, he would just grow the beard as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, it's nice to dream, isn't it? But you always think that one of these seasons is around the corner. Um, and I just I listen. I think Hearts will win something within the next three years. Um, I I do. Uh, I think that the way we're going, the way we're building, there is a good opportunity for Hearts to do something. And I think we we finally got a grip of ourselves, which is is quite encouraging. Before we finish, uh, we're just going to chat a wee bit about Scotland. Obviously, we qualified for the playoffs. Last five games have been very good for Steve Clark in Scotland. Obviously, with Denmark to come, do you fancy us to get to Qatar? Difficult to say, really. You know, I think that the playoffs will, will be interesting. I think the fact that they're over one leg suits Scotland. I think Scotland are a decent side. You know, I think they are. I think they should be trying to aim to reach World Cups and, and Euros again. I don't think we should necessarily be settling for third, fourth place in a group and thinking, oh, well, at least we've got at least three wins. That's a, you know, a decent campaign. I, I think Scotland, you talk about being five games that they've won, but for me, they should be winning those five games anyway. Um, I think they're definitely good enough and I think they're, they're the second best team in the group. It's disappointing that Denmark, that we're not going into Monday's game and it just being a straight shootout for for you know for qualification but I think um, credit Denmark actually they've they're they're a very good side they're a better side than I thought they were to be fair um, and they've blew everybody away in this campaign so credit to them but I think Scotland can certainly um, do themselves a huge favour by winning on Monday and showing that actually you know we we can compete with the best best countries in the world and I think you know we we seen that when we played England um, we should have won that game played really well but unfortunately fell short against Croatia and I think if we uh, if we can go into the game on Monday, get a really good result, get a decent uh, tie in the playoff, then who knows, you know, it's, it's almost a cup final to reach the World Cup but I think the biggest thing for me is if someone, you know, came through a magical portal right now and says you won't make it to Qatar but you'll be getting to Germany and then the US in the next World Cup after that, I'd shake their hand and say thank you very much because that's the two tournaments that I want to go to won't be going to Qatar so not interested so uh, just Qatar will qualify well Hearts in the Champions League I'll be spending all my money on, on those games obviously uh, at the kind of the start of next season so I'll not have any money to go to Qatar so Scotland shouldn't be bother qualifying really but as long as they, they qualify for Germany in 24 I'll have my money set up for that and then obviously the World Cup in, in, in the US two fourth place finishes in those, in those qualification campaigns Two words won't be back. Yeah, it's it's good that Scotland are actually winning the games we should win. I mean, impressed me. I mean, it's, it's hard to gripe given how, how poor we've actually been in my entire life following Scotland. And Steve Clark has now got us to a tournament, got us to a play. I mean, we've not been in a playoff since I think the, I think the Dutch hammer does under yeah. Bertie Vokes. So, yeah, it's it's a good achievement. The games we should win. I think the thing that Steve Clark's done at Scotland that that's, has quite impressed me is we go into the games we should be winning and we, we do that because previously it's be, it's never been the big games that have cost us like our qualification campaigns have came down to Slovenia Georgia Ukraine like teams like that it's never came down to the we need to beat we've lost out because we need to beat Germany like it's came down because we've drawn with Ireland or Poland or something like that Poland are a good side now to be fair but um, so he's kind of got that out of us like going away going away to Moldova needing a win would have been the most Scotland thing in the world and it was just a 
it was an all round professional display. We went out, we won the match quite comfortably and then the no Gordon obviously just done Craig Gordon things. I think the smartest move Steve Clark's done is bringing him back in as number one. Um I think he's got a good squad. We've got we've got a good good group of players at Scotland. Like we've a lot of players playing for top not just in the Premier League. When I mean, you go back five years and we're calling up anyone at a Scottish Grand from the English Championship. And now we've got guys that are starting for Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. So I think the future is really bright. You've got a lot of younger players. I mean, Nathan Patterson looks phenomenal at what age is he, 18, 19? You've got Hickey coming through the next generation of left-backs. AC Milano reportedly sniffing about him. I think he'll be a top-level top footballer. Um, even Xander Carcass and Johnston have replaced Craig Gordon in the, the coming years. So there's a, there's a good crop of players at Scotland. I think up front we struggle a bit, but we are still... I mean, London Dykes going four in a row. It was the last Scotland player that done that. Um, I can't remember the last time we won five games in a row. If we ever even have won five games in a row before in my lifetime, so it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, it was a good group to get. It yeah. was it was a good group to get. Um, it's we've been really fortunate in this group as well that Denmark have just went and hammered everybody. Like I mean, I think they only conceded their first goal the the qualification campaign last night, which is insane. So I think Denmark are a lot better than I've probably given credit for. But that's often hampers as well, where I think Euro 2016, Germany went and dropped points to our two group rivals, would beat us twice. Yeah. And that, that ended up that ended up being what cost us big time then. So, I yeah, but it's been good that Denmark have done that. We've got a really good result in Austria. I mean, I think Gordon's right. I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily with Austria. I think four out of those five games should have been, we should be winning them. I think going away to Austria and getting a win obviously flipped the group on its head. Um, But that was a... Fir- they got to the knockouts of the Euros, but two out later penalty. Is it penalties a two out later? Yeah, so they're not bad. They're not. They're not great, but they're no. But then you don't qualify out of out of a European qualifying group. That was a game that really sort of opened because seemed like where this campaign was just petering out, and then we beat Moldova and Italy went and battered Austria, and that just blew the whole thing wide open. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been it's good. It's, it's you know it's just good to actually like have an interest in Scotland in the last couple of. Uh, couple because normally this time you get to an international break and you're just like what is even the point we're normally playing like the Pharaohs or something with nothing to play for so it's good playoffs yeah, it's just luck of the draw isn't it but there's some pretty hard teams in there there's some there is some beatable teams as well though I think De- I think Denmark on Monday night is actually quite a it's quite an important game because if we can get something out of that we've got a decent chance of getting seeded I think you know I mean you don't know what Denmark are going to do though like are they going to try and bring in some younger players try them out before these or are they going for the 100% record I mean you, you, it, the, the winner in me which isn't that big would go for the 100% record but you don't know how these teams think I don't think Denmark will be arsed eh? I think Scotland will win on Monday I wouldn't be surprised if one might one nil or something eh? I just think I feel hammed in everybody will be feeling good and I think the pressure will be off Scotland as well I think they'll go and get a result um, I just think my mate was saying, I mean, he was saying, oh, I think Denmark will want, you know, the 100% record and they'll be up for it. I don't think they will be. I think they will maybe experiment and, and put some younger boys in. You know what I mean? They've qualified, they've done their job. Um, I think for them it's about looking forward to the World Cup now and, and building maybe um, for the future for them. Um, because, I mean, it's not as if they're like a Brazil or anything like that where they can just rely on their, you know, next crop of talent coming through and being really good. They could have a shite crop coming through. <laughs> exactly, you just don't know, do you? Um, and Denmark, I don't think there's too much difference between the populations of Denmark and Scotland. 
realistically, you look at them getting to semi-finals of European Championships, there's no reason why Scotland shouldn't be in that position either. But we just can constantly put ourselves down, unfortunately, and that's what's let Scottish football down for a long time. But we've got a good crop of uh, players coming through now, and it's important that we take advantage of that and start getting regularly back to tournaments again. Well, hopefully we can um, get a win over Denmark and get that playoff, um, get seeded in the playoffs. And yeah, that's the end of the show. Thank you both very much for joining me this week. Um, and hopefully Hearts get the win over Motherwell at Fur Park. Until next time, goodbye.